everybody welcome to the dope and tape show let me take my glasses off so we don't have any glare um we got mountain man paul so mountain man paul is coming back on here he's a he's a mining fitter which is already nuts so that just lets you know right out the gate that he is tougher than every single one of us so um we're super excited to get him back on he has stories for days um, as y'all knew, and we probably get, I don't even know how many times we get messages between me and Bobby about bringing you back on. And before so I get too deep <laughs> into it, I want to let everybody know that it's free to, it's free to come on the show. And it's also, um, you know, we just want to hear everybody's story. If you have a friend that you think has a great story, send them our way. And um, we're just here for the better of the community and um, and as well as fire protection. We just want to grow that community uh, through sharing with everybody else. So with that said, uh, welcome, Paul. Welcome back to the yeah, show. We, thank we're you. I'm super glad to happy here. to have you back again. <laughs> yes, it's exciting. It's a, uh, it's a little weird. I live on the road, so I'm out here in the middle of nowhere again. Uh, uh, in my corn patch, I grew some uh, popcorn for my wife. She loves that popcorn. So, uh, do you grow? You grow your own popcorn? This. Grow and make yeah, your own popcorn. Wow! Yo, he does yeah, it man. all. <clears throat> Mount Man Paul does it, it all. Man, we got. Oh, yeah, gonna... see, see when the tassels get uh, dark like that, it's ready to pitch. So that's a good one. It's just a little cob of corn, but. You can take your uh, ear of corn and you dry it out and pop it right in the microwave. Huh? Put it in the Whoa. paper bag. My wife loves it. Dude, in a paper yeah, bag? So you're the it, man. You can grow it yourself. That's awesome. Yeah, you just, next time you get popcorn, just take a handful of that and uh, and go ahead and plant it. Germinate it and uh, it'll grow, man. You can grow your own popcorn. Your kids can. <laughs> uh, it, it'll pop right on the top. It's pretty wild. But, That's awesome. We're at, so we're actually live yeah, on Facebook. Uh, we're live on YouTube. I couldn't get Twitch going, but I have been poking around. Really? If you're watching us live, you're watching the replay, we really appreciate wow. you if you could hit the like button. We see like 100 views, but we only can see like 10 likes. Let's try to um, drive those numbers up, please. We got Paul back. Um, we're going to skip the bio. If you guys want to see Paul's bio, you have to go back watch the first episode. We're going to get right into it because he's got a lot of stories and we want to hear them. So what do you think, Paul? What do you want to yes, start sir. with? <clears throat> Well, you know, we left off, uh, you know, in, in the coal mine thing, but, you know, it's like I said, I've, for the past uh, you know, 15 years, I've uh, been involved with uh, fire protection at the, uh, with all the energy, energy companies like Halliburton and console energy and, and uh, Chesapeake energy, uh, Patriot coal, like the, you know, Wherever there's energy, like uh, the windmills, uh, so I mean we could touch on a little bit of all that because I got to visit uh, each each one of those. I've had some experience in uh, fire protection on on uh, natural gas wells, uh, and now and the windmills that, that that just blows my mind. These giant windmills because uh, uh, they're they're pretty much everywhere there but back then uh when i first started uh the windmills were coming around maybe 10 years ago where we got involved with it and, and uh, just understanding how the uh the, the windmill generates power and it, it it doesn't directly feed the grid like you would think like it's not really spinning out there 
and then power coming from it like it would at your house through a transfer switch or something like that. But they go to these giant uh, battery barns on the top of a mountain, oh, which wow. require, uh, and that's what that require each one of those battery barns. So there's lithium-ion batteries, and y'all were talking about this the other day in your mm-hmm. uh, uh, when we were talking about the lithium battery uh, coverage and how difficult it is uh, because there <clears throat> these um, the, the containers. They, that house the batteries it's like they they come delivered out there uh and there's maybe i don't even know there's a bunch of and they, they look like line cards like computers like uh a big you know, it's, it's just it's strange you wouldn't think it looks like a, it don't look like a battery like you would think they're in these right. they pull out and they're they're it on, sounds like it sounds like stack, a fire hazard <clears throat> Oh, it's absolutely, and and the heat that's generated in there, I mean, you know how hot, hot your phone gets when you get too many apps going at one time, but, you know, oh. it, it's pretty much, those batteries do one thing, and, <laughs> and that store energy. But, I, I know about that. But the problem with the fire protection, the, the problem with the fire protection end of it is uh, we have to use a clean agent because... Not because you can't use water to put out an electrical fire, but uh, uh, the thing about it is if, if one of those batteries ignites in the center of the shelves in the brackets, the fire is burning back behind there. You can't, there's no way to, to spray water on one certain little area. And, right. you know, of, of course, uh, you want to be, you want to extinguish a, a of fire as quickly as possible and they they monitor these things with these infrared cameras and everything that got they could see the little hot spots it's like they like a pre-fire what is system. it brian didn't reliable just release uh, uh an 11.2 that's supposed to um that's supposed to put uh what do yes. they call it cold out they call it cold out or uh supposed to help suppress i think it's an 11.2 k factor made by reliable that's uh supposed to be able to control the lithium ion thermal runaway that seems crazy so they let's talk about yeah. the uh what are they doing and really that's that's, that's going to be the forefront of, um, that's going to be on the forefront of fire. here we are again with uh, fire suppression and how wide the spectrum is on this stuff i mean it it, and it, it, everything ignites at some point. Steel burns, rock will burn. I mean, that's how we make concrete. The ignition point of different, different gases, different elements, different things like coal or natural gas, and like that. To understand fire suppression, you've got to understand the source of the fire. Where you know how 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 to react to something. Um, so you, you, you kind of got to understand a little bit about uh, how it works and what, I mean, lithium ion batteries and how they're made and, and what would make them overheat and ignite. Uh, when really I, got, when I have like every app on my, I have every app wrong, open all at once and then my phone gets really hot. Yes. So yes. there's a K, it's the K 11.2. There are uh, R models, R 29 models. There's an upright and a pendant. Um, and I'm looking to see. Allegedly, the they do. Allegedly, they but... do cold out. What's up, everybody in the chat? Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. Please hit the like button. Yeah. 
We're live on Facebook yeah, please, and, like, like on, and on YouTube. So I had someone reach out on uh, from Facebook on. I was checking. <clears throat> I was checking DMs on the TikTok page, and the guy from Fire Sprinklers Unite on Facebook reached out, and he said that we were welcome to share it right there. So I was trying to get the Facebook thing going. I just shared it in there. Maybe we'll get some Facebook cats in this. Oh, that's awesome. I still, I still haven't got my voice back, Bri, from you making me do all the work down in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were fussing at each yeah. other, like, I mean, just like, just like a foreman and an apprentice, like you're just going like back and forth the whole trip. You're the apprentice. The whole trip. Who? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just fucking around. Yeah, yeah, we were we were definitely bantering. Like it was just banter the whole time. That's it. That's yeah, how. That's, I, awesome. that's how I work up here. Job we had. I could. I couldn't. I couldn't ever get on a stage or something like that in front of a bunch of people. Uh you know, life's complicated is enough. I mean, I, I give it up to y'all. Of course, youth is one thing, you know. I'm, I'm 60 years old, dude. I'm, uh, uh, and plus, you know, when, you, when you're working, it's like I don't even understand a lot of, about how they make us understand. We've got classes about how your, uh, your the numbers work for lost time injuries and near misses and why it's important to report all that stuff and keep up with everything. But as far as bidding jobs, I don't know. Uh, uh, really, I just I, all I need is an address. And a... Uh oh, what you got? Paul? All I need is an address. You got something? Yeah, the deer are blowing down there. Something's happening. Oh yeah, make sure it's not a bear, <laughs> man. Oh man, Paul with the, with the oh, crickets. The crickets that that sound like goats. When the deer when the deer start when the deer start blowing like that in the middle of the night, that usually a bear is moseying through. So. <laughs> but... We, we we got bears here constantly. I'm telling you, y'all. No, I know. I, even know even I watch your, I watch all your videos, Paul. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, then we got bears, dude, right yeah, here but... in my yard. And <laughs> I love these like looking said, behind I'm, him. I watch. I look... watch your six, brother. Like seriously, you gotta like watch your back out there. You know. It's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I, I just want to say, keep your head on a swivel out here, because uh, <laughs> uh huh. Well, I mean, Maybe we got copperheads. My dog got. Bit by we got copperheads, we got bobcats, uh, and then I was reading this thing. Yeah, they're still going at it, so we might see something here in a minute. Uh, All right, let's talk about the mines. How about uh, how long do you spend down there yes. when you go down for a work day? I remember you saying it takes sometimes like an hour to get down there, and then you're down oh, there for what? You're, you're down there for eight you're hours. You're down there for ten. Twenty hours, man. Twenty, 20? hours, maybe. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so I've been in there twenty-four. Come out. Working steady, just humping it, just trying to get all the pipe hung, and that's why it's important for us. See, and, and then when I see y'all working and stuff, you're out there doing your. Now we, I carry my grouper and all that kind of stuff because we we would sometimes have to groove pieces to make something work, like the customized, like where where your uh, water supply comes up out of uh, where your uh, the FDC connection. See, the FDC connection was already done. We go do them last year, and then that gives us something to tie to do a workable pressure 200 psi. So, when we tie to that, then uh, you tee off of there, and then you put your flow switches and all that junk in there, and then you take off, and then you hang you hang your two inch uh trunk line up down the center of the belt or over the motors, or uh, everything got fire suppression in there, man. It's crazy, it's crazy, but uh, you. You're you're working. You might got three, four guys with you, and 
but it's it's like gravity is so so much more gravity or something. I, I don't understand why things are so much more difficult underground. Uh, plus, it's where you're working. More and, pressure? You like, get a lot of pressure down there on you? Well, dude, you're talking about uh, uh, tw- 21, 21 foot sticks of two inch, and you, you got to go through man doors. It's like an air control system. So you'll have the power center where you can get power. And that's the only place that's got lights, you know, the fluorescent lights is, is uh, over the power center right there. And the power center is this big, giant yellow steel box that, 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 that just hums. It's got – that, that's it right there. What? What's what? That's what? What, is it? what do you see? Look at the flashlight. Get the gun, Paul. Get a gun, Paul. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that took care, but it should never come to that. But I'm just saying, it's a wild out here right second. This but uh, yeah, hopefully it won't come to that. But uh, uh, yeah, they usually listen to me. But they'll they're they're curious, so they'll they'll walk up right behind you, like they don't even care. Like, um, but they, I don't. I've, I've never had them be aggressive to me or nothing like that. I just tell them to go on, and they'll go. I'm so but, intrigued. Uh, you got an impact gun down there? Pardon? You bring an impact gun and a bandsaw? Or you all, yes. all, all, all you should get you get uh power tools down there. Well we we got our uh we got our groover. <clears throat> um I carry my groover, my rigid three hundred, the tripod and the groover, and uh, and then your impacts. So I carry the uh, uh half inch impact and a and uh, uh the three quarter impact with and then we got a, a, a hammer drill cordis all milwaukee stuff and um oh so what are you drilling into you're drilling you're, you're, you're like drilling into rock yes the top of the mine above the belt there's it's solid rock and um that's huh. even wild dude that's it's so wild but there's well, before before you go through there years ago they, they'll come when they're when they're advancing as the coal mine, as the miner, I call it a miner, not like, like coal miner, but a, the actual miner, the thing that it's got these big rotating teeth on it that claws the coal out of the out of the seam. And what it does is it, it, under under the earth, under a farm in the middle of Pennsylvania, you'll have like a five hundred acre farm. And it'll all be coal mine underneath of there. You know, maybe a thousand feet, nine hundred feet, or whatever it's underneath of the earth. And they'll mine along, and the the miner they'll they'll mine like these twenty foot a grid it's it's a grid and there's they're they're they mine around what they call pillars so the pillars are the the remainder of the coal that doesn't get mined out so it it, it they'll go in a grid for for miles and miles it'll just be a grid of these where they remove the coal and those are your travel ways. After the coal comes out, you can travel. But there's these big pillars. They're 80 by 80 squares that hold the, the land up above you. So they're like chair legs underneath of there. So you have coal that's that's in these pillars, and it holds the land up. Could it ponds up there, farms, shopping centers? Who knows what's up there, you know? Usually it's just old uh, old farms and farmland and that kind of thing underneath of there. But it goes and, and it's why, because once they mine to that person's property line, Mr. Brown's farm, they know where that is under the earth. So they can't go past that boundary if they don't have a contract with whatever's on the other side of his property. So they have to get groups of people to 
to sell their coal because that's that the people that got coal mines under there, they sell it. It belongs to the people of America. I mean, when you buy a property in America, you own the coal and everything all the way down to the center of the earth. You think and, I got coal under uh, my house, Paul? Oh, absolutely. Sure. It, it, who knows how what, how big of a scene, but coal is everywhere, especially in the Appalachian Mountains. You know, y'all up there in Massachusetts all the way to Maine, uh, where the, the mountains have flipped over and covered up because it, all it is is ancient swamp land. My guy. Because it's trees. And that's what I was getting to about the top. Like you're 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 hammer drilling in, and you got your um, you got your um, um, not the tap cones, but the um, shield, an anchor. Yeah, that your all thread screws into. Yeah, anchor. The bolts. Drop it. Yeah, anchor. the anchors go up in there, and then uh, but they roof bolt it. So then they got these plates. They're like twelve by twelve plates. And there's one every four feet everywhere in the coal mine. And, and the roof bolt, dude, these dudes are badass right here because they got a little roof bolt machine. That it'll, it'll drill a long hole up in the in the top as high as the bit can be. And they, they add to it. And, and then they get this red and green epoxy. It's in wax paper. And they run a roof bolt up in there. It's a long bolt, piece of all-thread type bolt. And the machine runs it up into the top, and it's got a big plate on the bottom of it that helps support the roof top from falling in. But sometimes you'll be going along, and you'll be, you'll see these big, look at the top of the mine, and you'll see this big circle, big, big giant circle. It's like, what the hell is that thing? It's like a perfect circle in the top made of coal. So it'll be rock all the way around, and it'll be this circle of coal in the top. And you'll see where they roof bolt around that circle. And I didn't know that was what that was for a long time, but they're, they're, it's called a kettle bottom. Uh, and a kettle bottom, you learn this in your MSHA school, your your uh, when you take your uh, mine safety health administration test. Uh, that the kettle bottom is a tree that has turned to coal that is standing straight up. So that circle you're seeing is the base of the tree. But so those things, because of the right? shape of a tree, it goes up and it gets narrower as it goes up. You'll be the miner will be mining along and clawing out coal, and then you'll see this roof bolt. You have to back your miner out, or you'll see the kettle bottom. You have to back your miner out and have the roof bolters come in and immediately uh, roof bolt around that because that thing will slide down out of there like a guillotine, uh, and it's tons of. But when it comes out of there, it's got bark on it. It's got the, like, vines that was on it back millions of years ago. It's just a tree that's turned into coal because what you're in is a swamp. So it's ancient swamp ferns. You'll see all kind of uh, strange things in the rib, um, you know, like ferns and plant material, things like that. But they'll, they'll drag these kettle bottoms out, like these tree stumps, They'll take them up, and you'll see them like like when you go into the mine office. They'll have it sitting outside. They found a good one, you know. It's got all kind of, but the bark and uh, it's got like bark all over it and vines. It's pretty wild. But those are a hazard. Like you know, when you're working down there, you got to stay away from them. So you, you, if you run across one when you're trying to hang your sprinkler pipe, uh, you you try to avoid that section. And, and you're welcome to hang. There's a little hook on their uh the plate that holds the top up so a lot of times we'll just anchor on to the existing roof bolts so you don't have to drill too much like every once in a while like over 
over uh, a motor or something that sits out to the side that needs uh, fire protection because you'll you'll have to lateral over sometimes because you'll have a like a suction pump, a uh, big giant suction pump that's pumping. Um, even though it's run by air, uh, it does. There's moving parts there that can cause friction, and that's the main thing that can catch on fire at the belt is the rollers get hot. Because there's two row, rows of rollers for miles, and then these rollers are just on little steel pins, and sometimes they can get hung up. And uh, But you'll have vulcanizers, because you can only work from uh, midnight Saturday to midnight Sunday. They don't shut the coal mine down for nothing. I mean, it don't matter what's oh, going on this. outside. That, that, that's the only time that the coal mine shuts down, and that's the only time the subs can get in there to do things. I was a subcontractor, so... I would travel around, and that's another thing I wanted to tell you, too. I, I mentioned before about making a dollar over to uh, highest-paid uh, mine worker, and, and that's that's like a law. That's like a rule. I can't – my company can't underbid a union worker. So in order to get a job, I, we have to be paid like a dollar over the highest-paid dude because to ensure – the, the the contract wasn't got because of price. The I go to show up at the coal mine. It's like sometimes I'll go up in there and you, a union mine, and they're like he scabs, and I was like I get him trapped up in that elevator, so I'm not shy. I'll tell him I was like, look, dude, you can call me what you want, but I'm here to do shit that y'all have no idea what the hell you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't have your own fire protection. You're also staff. doing this um, work like on your knees or bent over, like you're doing all this. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I'm, and, and, you know, the Western mines out West, they're big. So you ain't got to worry about crawling around. But over here, like in Southern Kentucky and West Virginia, uh, those mines right there are brutal uh, because they're the seam is like going under your kitchen table. Yeah, <laughs> none of these guys, seam, none dude. of us can complain about work anymore. No. <laughs> No, for like what you do well, every well, single day, we can never complain. Like us guys on a freaking yeah. ladder. If you think you're having a bad day, just think about your hour trip under the earth so you can go crawl around in the coal. And you only got 24 hours to finish your job. And if you don't, it, it, it's an embarrassment if you don't get finished. And one time I, I had my uh, lock tag out. Shit, One time I forgot to uh, take my lock off because they cannot take cut your lock. It don't matter. The President of the United States, they, nobody can cut your lock. Once you lock and tag something out like the power center uh, or the valve uh, to turn the water on, um, after working 23 hours, your ass is like an hour down the road, and they will page your ass to come back and take that lock off. Nobody else can take your lock off once you lock something out, so that's not something you want to do is forget your lock. Don't forget that. Because... So you, you had to turn around that night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it, it's like an act of Congress. You, you're asking, you, you won't forget another one. That's why I, I forgot <laughs> one. Damn right. Thankfully, I wasn't too far. I, my hotel was right down the road. So, dude, it was like, I mean, I, I was looking for helicopters to be landing in the hotel parking lot. They, they, these summits are serious about their cold. You know what I mean? Don't do nothing. <laughs> it causes them not to be able to turn the power on to something because oh, one power shit. center, that's what runs the motors that turn, turn the belt. Uh, and you know, you're down there too, trying to hang sprinkler pipe. Uh, and there's, um, uh, the, everybody, all the, all the other subs are trying to work in there too. 
and get shit done. And you got these dudes called vulcanizers, right? Uh, they're vulcanized the belt. So they'll, they'll cut the belt in half to like to extend the belt or it'll, it'll have a joint in the belt. That's like plop, plop, plop. That thing is dangerous. And, uh, I mean, it's, you get the belt tore and it's, dude, it's, it's crazy how that thing just, it's flying. It's like 60 mile an hour, dude, loaded with coal. And you, the end of that belt says, plow, plow, you come by, you hear it coming. You hear it coming, you get the hell out of the way. But, uh, (laughs) the vulcanizers who who are the guys that fix the, the, the belt. And this is a special breed of people, dude. These cats, I mean, Hanging sprinkler pipe ain't shit. Dude, there's a lot of jobs in that thing. And then, dude, like the magnet. There's this giant magnet. It will, it, dude, if you got a, uh, if, if you got a BB in your head from back in the '60s, that some of it will suck your thing. I mean, they got a giant electromagnet that makes sure there ain't no metal in the in the coal, you know. And it'll take your shovel. It'll take your shovel and just rip it right out of your hands. A big electric magnet. Paul, but, you, uh, Paul, you know we, Erica. Erica, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Erica, she's hardcore, son. Yeah, she's in here. Yeah, she was my apprentice back in the day, and uh, she says, she turned out to be a good fitter. She says, "Tell tell them about the old guy who thought Cole was trapped sunlight." <laughs> Isn't that you? Trapped sunlight. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody knows that story. That's my yeah. story right there. Yeah, I remember that story yeah. from last time. <laughs> she said, "Tell them the story." Well, <laughs> tell them the story. Hey, the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So reliable has the LB eleven. That is for yes, LB eleven. Yeah, it's a eleven point two K factor. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to stop thermal runaway. That's right. I have to start putting those in the uh, in the lithium sheds, Paul. It's a lot of money. Hey, do you see them taking down yes. those windmills? Oh, oh, are you taking are you taking windmills down out there yet, or no? No, 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 no. These these windmills I'm talking about, they've been in service for. Hell, 12, 10, 10, 12 years ago, maybe. I think they only last uh, like because, 30. See, Don't they only last like well, 30? And uh, then you can't, there's no uh, way to recycle it, it's them? It's wild, dude. Well, there's no reason to recycle nothing. Uh, there's really... They're, Fairly simple uh, machines. They the the blades and all that. Uh, <clears throat> those carbon blades and and all that. That, that uh, yeah. Once you open that can of worms, you're you're married to that thing for quite a while. You know, uh, you don't just do that and then shut shut it down. It, you know, working out the bugs is another thing because you know there's a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of innovation in in energy so i mean they just and, and it comes down look man all this energy shit it still comes down to btus and fire right yeah, you gotta right. have fire for everything <laughs> you gotta burn gas you gotta, you, you, you gotta you, burn you, you, even the batteries it's all about the fire you know what i'm saying no oh, yeah you gotta burn coal, coal. You, gotta, you gotta burn some fuel wood i mean shit. petroleum even in even in a hospital apartment building that's why we do what we do because uh sheetrock has an ignition point everything that's made from the earth it will burn so um i went to you know, sometimes we get caught up in, in, uh, in fitters and just hanging pipe and putting in heads and all this kind of stuff but once you get beyond that you start thinking because uh um you know, we just had classes. We had mad classes. We had to understand a lot of things. And 
and I didn't do the algebra part and the thing, but they they come in there, and my boss man man is standing up there at the board and scratching out this crazy big algebra uh, sequence of things and tell you what the pressure of the pipe and all this kind of shit. Because uh, we had one, um, like we had to have the fire pump kept kicking on on this big uh, on this big lumber yard, and it was aggravating. Like you know, once a day, twice a day, sometimes this fire pump would kick on. And it was losing pressure. It had a leak under the under the underneath of the the warehouse, and so my company they come up with they're all engineers. Uh, uh, these cats are super smart scientists. And my my boss man called me on my BlackBerry because we carried a BlackBerry shit like that. But uh, he called me and he says, um, "This is what I need you to do: go to the pump room and." I need you to charge it with two, uh, 212 PSI air, and then you're going to put the water on that, and the air will migrate to where the leak is, and it will take, once you uh, get it pumped up, the air uh, will compress at like 600 PSI to so much volume, and it will uh, all it will do with the air will migrate to the leak and make, create a bubble around that leak. And instead of leaking water, it will leak air, but it takes like 15 times longer to leak the air out than it does the water. Sounds uh, like a bad idea. Yeah, right? But Did that, it work? It was, uh, the shit worked. <laughs> <laughs> that shit worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Yeah, yeah. Like it'd be dangerous or something, but. Uh, at least they know where the where the leak is uh, when it comes pushing up the asphalt, you know, because it was uh, allegedly under the building where it couldn't be readily dug up and uh, and repaired. So they were just trying to buy some time, and that's we we bought the time with the air, and uh, so and then I think they had to locate it with the air because. I, you know, I don't know. But all I just did, I did, like I said, sometimes you just got to do like like you're told and move on. That's uh, it. And a lot of times I don't, I don't hear back. I'm like, shit, you know, evidently it worked or something because I haven't had to go back there. <sighs> Erica's in here supporting uh, you. A lot of times they fire pumps. Pardon? Erica. You, uh, Erica's in here. T- tell Paul I'm here. I promised him I would watch. Love him and yeave to death. You gotta understand, Paul doesn't finish the sentence because he's six sentences ahead mentally. He's always ahead of you. He's a fucking mad scientist. <laughs> Dude, he's awesome. <laughs> I love, love having Paul on. Yeah, oh, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about the shit that I haven't told you about the thing about the fan testing because. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I love it. Go ahead. Can we go back to these battery bars? That's why I, I just want to get these battery bars out of the way because, um, you know, I've watched the show about the, the, the batteries. I love this shit. I eat it up. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm fully vested. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I uh, appreciate that. If there's a mystery to be had. I'm, I'm trying to solve it all the time. Even my wife will tell you. It's like, don't worry about the the battery chargers, okay? Because, you know, my buddy's got a, uh, a uh, they got all these electric cars everywhere and they're plugging them in and nobody, not even a fire extinguisher out there. If I was to do that, if I was to, to charge my 
my forklift at work or some shit. I would need there be have to be some kind of fire extinguisher or something, you know, safety first thing. But uh, I don't. I just don't think people thought about this shit and how because these electric cars are burning stuff down. I mean, if something goes wrong, God forbid, they burn your house down. I mean, because they're they're right out in your house, you're charging this thing right in the garage. Or in the garage, exactly. And and like there's, uh, they're asking people to do something to not be safe. I mean, if I was, a, if you was an employee and this was the garage was at your work, you would have to to uh, recognize some kind of safety protocol, uh, around something like that. So we got a long way to go with this shit. And uh, like I said, you can't just spray water on everything. Uh, no, doesn't uh, work. So it, it's pretty strange. It needs to be intrinsic safe where it monitors itself. I believe that's going to be part like of the fire suppression, like pre-fire suppression, where it monitors itself, it shuts the power down, it c- disconnects um, the any kind of power connection. I'm not sure how intrinsic. it has to happen. So that's actually, that's actually in the works. So... It's the, I know that they, I know that that technology will do all those things and it will also, now it's not, it's not, it's not, some of it is not available yet, but um, I think right now you're able to monitor like systems, like even a hydrant, you're able to monitor everything in a fire pump room. You're able to see the GPM that is pumping during the fire and see the location of the fire uh, through the water flow switches. Oh yeah, we just talked. Yes. To the, we just talked to these people, right? Yeah. So SPP pumps doing a lot with it, um, and then but the future is to be automated, and then everything's reporting, so you won't even be involved. And then you can also shut valves automated, and that's the future. Well, so it's really like that exciting. now. I, I do little uh, side stuff sometimes, like backflow preventers on uh, on commercial buildings. Um, I'll bid on that stuff sometimes. And they got these backflow preventers, dude, that will sell – it's got a cellular text. It will text you when the water flows happen, when something's happening. It'll text anybody. All you got to do is put the little code in, and, and it's got its own – it's like one of them game cameras that, uh, that will right. send you a picture. Well, this thing's the same way. It's, it, and all it is <laughs> is a backflow preventer that will let you know when the water's off to your building, to your dentist office, or, you know, sometimes. But in the middle of the night, it'll, it'll text you and tell you there's been uh, been a problem. And how hard is that to do with just about anything? I mean, all it is a little tiny black box. That's all it is. And it gets its own signal. It's weird, man. Uh, but. Yeah, they got stuff that's monitored that I feel like that's really that that's all great. But how about monitoring something that really means something? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like your, like the the flow switches rather than the, the you know the water gong has got to go off when the, when you get flow in a in a in a building. But how hard would it be just to text somebody? You know what I mean? Like. Right, we're we're a little bit behind in all of that. Not just in the lithium ion battery business, but I'm looking at all these old timey uh, things that all would it, all it is is a little tiny thing that's got a little sensor in it. When it gets wet, 
It, like it's like the thing on your car that winds your windows up uh, for you if it senses rain. You know? Yeah, I like right. that. I don't Anytime think you get a flow switch, you get a text. Anytime someone yeah, shuts a tamper, you get a text. Food, whoever's on the network, you know. Because sometimes you can get uh, you know, like plumbers working there that shut the water down that don't, you know, that uh, or uh, you know, a head goes off trying to somebody in there soldering a water heater up or some HVAC guys in a room and the, and the thing goes off and and like nobody knows what to do, nobody knows nothing. They're scattering around. They just get buckets. It's like, dude, just shut the shit off. You know what I'm saying? But, um. Yeah, the, the little text thing, the little cellular connection would be freaking awesome for this. And it, but that leaves it open for for people in the fire suppression business. What's up, uh, George? Of course, just like to make make some bank. Erica said, "There's tons of reports of Tesla cars uh, igniting, reigniting in junkyards." Really? I mean, Teslas are some things are dangerous. Yeah. And then people yeah, put those in their garages. There's no way. And plug it in. And plug it in. Yes. Yeah. Electricity bill's got to no, be astronomical. Like well, they're saying don't even put your cell phone on your bed. You know, some people will throw their cell, put the, plug their charger into their cell phone and throw it on their bed. And then they'll go take a shower or do whatever. Well, these things get so hot charged, especially if you charge it too many times. Because everybody yeah. tries to get their money's worth out of their phone. But if, it, if it's bulging out a little bit and get, it's getting hot, it's time to get rid of that summit, you know. Because you could throw it on your bed, you come back in the whole damn bedroom on fire, just from a little tiny battery in a phone. That's crazy. So yeah, that, that's why our job, the fire suppression industry, is so important. And that's another thing I want to touch on before we get out of here is trying to get young people involved. Because I mean, I could tell my story about how I didn't know I didn't know jack shit about fire suppression until the man told me I don't I don't want you for what you know I want you for what you're willing to know and I was like man and then they started giving me certificates and I get my apprenticeship and then it's this and then finally get my journeyman card and all this and every time in my company they give you awards for everything dude they they pay you 70 bucks a, a, a pay cycle a week to be safe because they pay you for not losing lost time and if you if you want your people to do better you just gotta pay somebody you know what i mean um and so yeah young people getting into this and then you, you gain some pride and then as an inspector you're out there and i can shut this kfc down <laughs> you know what i mean finally you got some power dude where you know all your life you ain't got no power but you make you make a young man an inspector and tell him you know what he's got to do and be there get their back because I I, I kind of made a fool out of myself one time I went to inspect the, the the McDonald's and I was scurrying around I'm trying to find a fire panel to get the number to call uh to call the alarm company and tell them that I'm putting this in test mode and. I started asking employees, where the hell is your fire panel at? What the hell is that? It was like, this red box, it should be a red box in the office, somewhere, anywhere right here. So I had employees, we're scurrying around trying to find an alarm panel. And finally, I got, the, even the manager didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And, and then finally, I get, uh, all they had was their little dry sprinkler, dry uh, uh, sprinkler above their fryers over there. No, no monitor, no alarm, no nothing. No panel, no nothing. It's just a 
it was just a canister of fire extinguishers hanging on the wall. So that's all you had to do. You do their inspection. I was like, this, this is crazy. This, this is 21st century. You, you know, it was, and then nobody knew, you know, and everybody's got to be involved. Even if people's a person at Walmart that works in a deli bag, look up and look at these heads. It's all over the place. And like, to, 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 it's part of your job, you know, but people don't look at it like that. It's like, well, we got a guy that comes in here and takes care of all that shit. Well, you should still understand what, what makes it work. You know, I, I would think, but whatever, but you know, you give uh, a young man that's, uh, instead of going to the military that I would advise against that too. Um, not voluntarily, anyhow. They come get you, drag you out of your house. That's a different story. But I went uh, uh, because we didn't have no money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my family, my mama uh, raising four kids uh, by herself and didn't have no money. And, and uh, I was a smart kid in school, but I wasn't smart enough to get that scholarship type money. So I, I signed up for the military. They wanted to take care of me. And then uh, after I got out of there, the infantrymen, I, I didn't know. I, I, they didn't train me to do nothing. I couldn't balance my books. I couldn't. I couldn't do nothing more than I did when I went in, but blow shit up, and uh, <laughs> that don't work out here in town, you know. <laughs> so, but that's when I found, uh, got into plumbing uh, through a family thing, and then I got into to uh, sprinkle fitting. And dude, after that, it's like I, I found the greatest company in the world. I don't know. I, I think it is uh, Pillar Innovations. They they take care of us, you know. They you got four hundred one k, you got healthcare junk, and all this kind of shit. And just, but they max you out. So I couldn't possibly make any more money than I'm making right now, uh, you know, or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but for a young man, I mean, I've, I've, I've over the years, I bought property. I'm sitting on property now. I got houses and, and uh, all that kind of thing, which we didn't have before. But uh, it's not just about, there's so many things. Oh, good one. About the battery barns. One of the most important things in a battery barn, it needs to be fan tested, right? Which is part of your fire suppression system. Every unit and even buildings and houses, we travel around with a fan, which I love it. You know, you figure, you know, you, you put it from a low pressure system inside the building to a high pressure system and see, because sometimes it'll hold low pressure, but not high pressure and vice versa. But you get a, a fan that goes in the doorway and you seal everything up. And and it's important when you're using clean agent to make sure there's no air infiltration coming in anywhere around the roof joints or a weld or anything like that. And if there is, you, you'll find it. You'll find it with the um, with the fan test. You'll well, find out. How do you find that? You, like what, what happens when you do that? How do you find it? Well, you take it down to, to uh, like 80 millibars. You put it, you, actually, you, your fan goes tight in the door, and it's got these, you know, it, mount your fan up in, in this bracket that goes in the door. So it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an airproof uh, seal, and you crank it shut, and, it, and it's got a seal around it, and it bows out, and then you start your fan, and you got your meter on there, and you record um, how many millibars of drop that you got, and then how it, it stabilizes. So once it stabilizes, you find that it's sealed up. There's no need to go anymore. Once it's in, um, once it holds, uh, you know, three millibars here or there, you're good. But sometimes you'll get them. Most of the times you'll get them 
it got especially around like the conduit where conduit comes in and it's because to put conduit you can't have the conduit touching uh the cut area it's got to be sleeve so you got a double sleeve so it'll be leaking around the sleeve or all kind of weird stuff like holes and things uh, so in order to use the clean agent you're just wasting your time if you, if it's full of holes even one one small bit of oxygen because uh, it's a chemical process when it when it goes off it just completely depletes all oxygen like a fire can't even burn uh, so it just extinguishes it like that it just suffocates a fire uh, but it you know some systems they do count down with their occupied buildings there's different rules a different thing uh, like the battery barns aren't occupied they can be so uh, but some things like big machinery rooms uh, things like that that um, got pumps that are covered uh, like we did a uh, um, coverage on a uh, oh it was some kind of internet uh, had all the the, the uh, what do you call them where they store the terabytes of information and the data center uh, yeah like data center yeah yeah like a big data center like down below the the college and and it it required uh clean agent but it had a, because there was people in there all the time uh it had a countdown thing so it was kind of ominous when that thing went off because it started counting down and it's like you had to evacuate <laughs> the weird you know it's weird strange strange man it's like it's and then the voice is like they, i'm sure scientists figure Ten, out the most annoying nine, weird voice we can get to count eight, down because it, it sounds dangerous as hell you six. know yes yeah exactly straight <laughs> but that's all part of the fire suppression thing and, and like like y'all i don't know what y'all if y'all just do commercial residential just uh plain old plain old um but you know you're going to find yourself in these uh, car dealerships now because uh, car dealerships you, you look in the service department and they got co2 detectors uh, uh um um carbon monoxide detectors and Mounted up on the wall to just monitor the air quality and things like that inside the shop. And but there's no uh, fire suppression on their charging things. And they even got this giant thing that rides out in the in the. It's like a giant robot thing that you follow behind it and use a keypad. It's a giant battery that jump that uh, that, that, that you could drive it instead of driving the car because of course the car's dead. So. You can't drive it nowhere. You have to take this big giant battery out there, uh, and it charges several cars in a day. They'll, they'll, they'll they can plug two or three cars into it. Right. Depends on I've seen what those. model of this thing you got. But it parks right in back in in the shop back there. It's got its own little cubby hole, but there ain't no fire suppression and shit back there. And it's this like a giant battery. That, yeah, you better hope uh, it doesn't go up. I hope it doesn't overheat and go up one day. Whole building's gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going through there the other day, and they had a fire extinguisher missing, and it was just gone, absent from the thing. Oh well, I got around. I said, "Well, uh, I, I told the owner on my sheet I filled it out that there was a missing fire extinguisher." So, uh, I, of course, I put him another fire extinguisher in there, and he went down to the 
to the shop and he's like, does anybody know what happened in fire extinguisher? And he's like, oh yeah, like a week ago, this woman's car caught on fire. He said, here at the dealership? And he was like, no, it was out there in the road at the light out there and her car caught on fire. So we, he said, so you naturally use my <laughs> extinguisher to put out the fire. He's like, well, yeah, we didn't, you know, we didn't know what to do. And he's like, let it burn. <laughs> God, come on, dude. Don't, don't get on the guy. You almost have to you have special, you know, something special to put it out. There's no other option. Yeah, you probably just wasted the fire extinguisher, yeah, right? right? I mean, yeah, so he was, he was bitching about the fire extinguisher missing. Yeah, having to buy uh, another one. You see the firemen out there trying to put out an uh, electric vehicle car fire on the road, and they just can't. They just keep on spraying it with more and more water. It keeps burning. Doesn't matter, dude. And it's like an arc welder, dude. I don't know if you've seen one up close, but I've seen that shit. And it, and it's like some kind of star burning in there. It's white, and I don't know if it's the metal. It's like when you light magnesium on fire or something like that. I mean, it's just yeah. the whitest, brightest, bluest flame ever and i don't give a shit what you put on that thing it's just going in it melted into the into the asphalt dude catch the asphalt asphalt on fire now you got an asphalt fire it's crazy crazy (laughs) it's wild man this is is awesome talking to you every time man i wish i'm telling you there's so much even like at the coal mine thing when you first go to coal mine everything is white you think the coal mine is black but what do you mean everything's white what are you talking about that? It's white. It's covered with rock dust, dude. That's fire suppression, right? Boom! <laughs> fire <laughs> suppression. You gotta have lime rock sprayed all over the all over the coal. The surface of the coal has to be covered with lime rock for the fire oh, suppression. This is a trip. Everywhere, oh, everywhere in the mine. So it, it it's white dust. It's, it shits everywhere, and it's deep too. They don't they don't mind. They don't get cheap on that shit. Uh, it'll be ankle deep in in the middle of the road right there. Uh, but they spray that shit in big things and they just coat the t- everything, every surface of the coal. Because if there's an explosion somewhere else in the mine, what the, the idea is the, the the explosion will shake the coal dust off of the surface of the coal and then ignite. Boom. Because coal dust is super, super uh, flammable. And it will keep the, so the coal dust or the the lime, the crushed rock dust, it just keeps the ignition point. It makes it non-existent. So um, now it doesn't do much for gas, but if if a gas pocket ignites somewhere else in the mine, it doesn't shake the coal dust and ignite the whole thing. Mm. So that's part of your fire suppression too. Is the coal dust and gunite? They got gunite that's sprayed around the belt area where the motors are at and gunite is a sprayed concrete and it's just a foam spray and they, they just coat everything with this concrete shell, uh, to cover the surface of the coal to keep it from igniting. There's a lot of guys down there. Fire. Do you, uh, do you wear a respirator? Nope. Nope. No. Uh, you got your little rescuer on you and it's good for 30 minutes if anything should happen. But, uh, I mean, with everything else that's down there, there's no need, you know, we, we've still got uh, black lung disease. Uh, and, but they discovered it's not the coal, because coal's black. So everybody's like, oh, black lung disease is causing, the coal's causing it. 
but it's not the coal. It's actually the silica in the rock uh, that causes more of that type shit than than because silica is little like little tiny glass shards that you could breathe in, almost like fiberglass, and bad. it gets in your lungs. Bad, bad, and uh, it rots your lungs out. And so, but you still got what's strange is about the black lung. It'll it'll recede. It'll go back, and I'm like. Back in the early nineties, it was almost non-existent, and then in the late nineties, here it come back again. But it's striking young people more than it does the older miners. Uh, for some, they're not really sure why that is, and then all of a sudden, like it goes in waves. Uh, so it's a it's a good thing to be mindful of that too. But uh, there's no rhyme or reason who gets it, or just I guess the longevity of being in the mine, and that's. That's a, a good thing about being fire suppression, being a subcontractor, is you're. I I go to all the mines, but I don't spend a lot of time there. I go. I travel around to Michigan, to Ohio, Pennsylvania, just all the time going to different mines that uh, require assistance in what we do and our specialties of what, what we do. Um, but um, so you know. Of course, anything can happen, but the less time you spend down there, uh, a lot better. A lot of these locals, they'll do five years, and then they'll take take a year off, and then they'll go back and like just to limit their amount of time. But some cats been in there thirty years trying to get their retirement. You know, wow. uh, my my father in law actually worked at a, at a coal mine for sixty five years. Sixty five years. years. 65 years, Holy dude. He, he tells a story about how he got back from the war, World War II, in 45, and then he was, uh, uh, he could he could have went for, went to work for the uh, bridge company, or, or bridge department in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or down to Ohio to work at uh, uh, Steubenville Coal, and he because his wife's family was from down yonder, they, he took the coal business, and that dude was in the same worked for the same company for sixty five years. Wow! And of course, in his later years, he was a parts guy. You know, he'd get he'd get parts for the coal tipple because you got surface mining, underground mining, all kind of shit. They, you know, I'll tell you, them cranes, all that, that they all get fire suppression. You got it's uh, it's under uh, uh, NFP. You got for me, Paul. Oh, shit. I should know this. Four fifteen or something like that. Like it's mobile, mobile uh, fire suppression. So it's basically just a fire extinguisher with uh, heads on it. Um, but there's fire suppression all kinds in, in the mine, any kind of mine, whether it's a damn salt mine or a uh, lithium mine. Right? They're mining salt now out in California. So there, there's no shortage of jobs in in the fire suppression business. Uh, so you know that's what I think about young people getting into it because it's something you can. It's not that labor intensive. Uh, it takes unless you're some, in the mine. Yeah, unless you're in the mine. Unless you're in a in a mine, but once you get it figured out, it's it's just like any other job. You know, I definitely wouldn't want to be stuck in no office a bunch of. Uh, bunch of office people i i don't i couldn't couldn't be there same either, you know so uh i like being out there and working them wrenches and and uh and 
doing that kind of thing. I like the plumbing thing. I live plumb. And once you once you're a plumber, you know you you learn because that's what we all are really is a, is a plumber. Once once a plumber, always a plumber. You know, because you, you plumb things. You can't have a door that works without plumbing it. A door's got to be plumbed. You know, you got to live plumb. Don't lean any way, one way or the other, whether it's politically or uh, with your anger or with your drug use, alcohol use, any kind of shit like that. Uh, if you're going that way. You're not living plumb. You know, you got to be plumb. And that's really, if something's going to set you one way or the other, you just got to look at it and be like, well, if I live like that, I'm not living plumb. You know, the plumb life is a real thing. Uh, just don't lean any way too far one way or the other. Just go right down the middle. And uh, I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, live plumb. We should have a T-shirt, you know, because... Because in the end, we're all judged by the plumb bob, you know. Um, the plumb line, uh, if you were to hold it up, how would you how would you measure up to your plumb line? You know, are you, you know, because plumb is plumb, man. Um, there ain't no way around it. Even even like all your heads and all that kind of stuff. I mean, and then once you once you, uh, I can look at things. Really, I can look at stuff and tell you it's not plumb. Or it's crooked somehow, or you know something like that. You know, so it kind of becomes second nature to you. Um, NFPA one twenty one. One twenty one. The standard right. on yes. fire protection for self-propelled and mobile surface mining equipment. Yes. You like, you like that one? That's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, that that's a whole business. That's a whole business. Like I said, shit. Don't limit yourself because uh, there's people that need your help. Uh, and you can't be afraid to bid some of them jobs. Like if you, if you want to add some more people and be like, hmm, you know what, man? They're, uh, you know, they're starting. You know, like we was talking about with the groceries, uh, the marijuana business, right? All that stuff. I mean, that's that's a whole new industry that needs your help, and uh, they're willing to pay for it because you're talking about, you know, you don't you don't want to lose all all your product, whether you're at Macy's or whether you're growing reefer or or coal or whatever that's that's really that that's your living you know so you don't want and fire has no discretion that shit everything will burn i don't give a damn what it is we've seen that with the 9-11 shit you know what i'm saying uh <clears throat> and once you reach that certain point there ain't no going back just like the cars we talking about too um and we're beyond water we're beyond a lot of things like i said the whole cellular thing you know i don't know why we haven't uh, been as far as we have in the fire business because that's even even with the the maui thing that just tortured me i'm like man they didn't even want to set off the, the fire the sirens they was like well people will hear it and think it's a tsunami and run into the fire i'm like shit let them decide you know what i'm saying if a goofy bastard runs up the hill and he sees a fire you go the other way you know but you know it's hard to make a judgment call but you know, if if the kid, if the damn bus is stuck in the snow, no damn sure text the parents and tell them that the, the bus won't be there to pick up your kid for school. Right. Yep. That's way far more advanced than we got in fire suppression. <laughs> you know, if they call off school, they, the kids damn sure know it within minutes. But if something catches on fire, it'll burn for thirty minutes, for an hour before anybody's notified. It just to me, it just doesn't make any sense. You taught like no seatbelts on a school Did you bus. teach? You taught Erica how to braze last Saturday over the phone. 
how to breathe. Braze. Two inch copper. Braze. Two inch copper brazing. Oh, brazing, yeah, with their uh, oxygen acetylene and their um, uh, silver it. solder. Yes. Heat that thing till it's brown, right? No, two, two inch copper. Melt two inch it. copper joint. You got to get it so hot to do brazing. So hot. No flux, no nothing. Just let it turn blue and then. It's that's got it. color that I look for. Yeah, if you're ever gonna braise, you just yeah, gotta you uh, add more heat. You gotta it. get, you gotta get more heat. Add more heat. Yes. More heat. Extreme heat. That's why you gotta have the oxygen thrown in there. That oxyacetylene, man, it's already been an hour. Yeah. Dude, holy oh, shit! Then we're gonna have to have you on again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, man. I, I mean, I can talk fire suppression uh, until you days. run out of stories. Oh. We're gonna keep having you back. Yes, please. Yeah, if somebody bails out on you, I'll come on here and uh, we'll sit in the corn patch and we'll talk more. Uh, shit. <laughs> corn patch. Trying not to the... get eaten I, I by a bear. We ain't got no no bears yet though, because with the crickets. Um. Yeah, we got crickets. I, I'm telling you, I live out in the middle of nowhere, y'all. I don't see cars for days. Like if I, you got to go to town. To you got a mailman that comes up there if yeah. I wanted to send you something? Nope. You... No, but we do got it down there. Oh. I, I go get, I go to town and get my mail, like Beetlejuice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, we wanna, we wanna send you something. So we gotta get your information. Really? Y'all send me something. Look here, I can keep this. Matter of fact, Erica, Erica's uh, granddaddy. Uh, this is where I got my, um, uh, my pocket reference book. This dude got everything in it. I was, I was I was going to say, uh, what's in there, man? I, I reference for what? Code, life, uh, just everything, man. Uh, <laughs> like the oh shit, everything about uh, they got equations for figuring um, uh, uh, pressure, volume on what's it, pipe. What's it called? What's it called? What, a pocket ref. Pocket it's ref. just just about everything. It's before fire uh, uh, it it's got. Well, it, the only fire protection shit it's got in here is like uh, ignition points and the like your famous uh, pocket reference book. It's cheap. It's ten bucks. Yeah, so do you dude. not have TV or anything like that, or it's got everything, dude. Pipe sizes, shit, man. It's got zip codes in here for every city. I mean, it's just shit. It's just it is real tiny, right? But it's it's like a laptop, dude. You could figure out like when your your pitot gauge, uh, uh, when you're flow testing, it's got all the formulas in here to figure out your flow, and it's just tons of shit, tons of shit. You wouldn't. It also has of. like on Amazon, it has four point eight stars shit. out of almost five thousand. That's rating. so much stuff. Various temperatures, dry air, specific heat, and constant temperatures, and various pressure, air tool, PSI requirements, CFM, PSI, various nozzle sizes. Mm. It's just you just keep reading forever. You know, if uh, if I'm gonna buy this, if my son ever tells me that he's bored, I'm gonna hand it to him. Like read a couple pages, kid. Dude, hand it to him. There's there's yeah. some amazing stuff. Like I said, it's got shit. I, hell, it's got freaking zip codes, area codes. I, I mean, just. Just any question you could come up with is in U.S. cities, any, time zones, climate information, military rank, radio codes, Morse code, three-phase electrical motor specs, horsepower versus torque versus RPM. Yeah, that thing, uh, I think I want to get one of these and flip through this bad boy. Yeah, because you can figure, like, your cord length for, uh, wonder why your your tools ain't, your, your, uh, 
your groove motor ain't working right because you, the cord size and all. I mean, it's it's got everything you need to know. I think it's twelve dollars. Resistance. Yeah, it's eleven sixty-six. Yeah, hey, knowledge is, is inexpensive, dude. Yeah, knowledge is is free sometimes. Most I know, time, I'm but, part. Uh, I'm part of the spoiled generation where I just get on Google real quick, and I don't know if they're telling me the truth yeah. or not. But whatever I go ahead and get it, Bobby. As much out. as your bo- your box of crackers, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask. So, do y'all eat lunch? You, yeah, you, you brought that yeah, up. I bring my dinner. These guys eat lunch, so I didn't know. I bring my dinner. Yes, I bring a dinner bucket. Uh, dinner you know, bucket, your little cooler. Okay. Yeah, it's like a little. Uh, you know, it's a bucket of dinner, but um, coolers with the rest yeah, of the story, one, one, cool, one cool story I had in the coal mine. I'm standing there at my groover and I'm grooving a, a big ass piece of pipe, and and I was like, Oh, it's just going. And there's, there's not a lot of people in there, there's a couple guys around, and the coal miners were there. And I feel this pull on my mine belt, dude, jerk me off of my machine like as I'm jerk me, word, but my foot come off the pedal, and I turn around, and like, what the hell, you know. What the hell's going on? He said, go sit with Buddy. Well, I don't know Buddy from nothing. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So he pointed down down the, the belt, and he's like, go sit with Buddy. And he just went on somewhere. So I I shut my, I unplugged my shit and, and uh, uh, walked down there uh, about, I don't know, 30 yards or something. And there's this old boy down there. He laid down against the rib, just sprawled out. And I was like, "Buddy, uh, are uh, how you doing, man? Are are you all right?" And uh, uh, he was like, "How'd you know my name?" I said, "Forget that." I said, "What what's going on with you?" I said, "Are you diabetic or something?" And he nodded his head just a little bit. So I ran back to my dinner bucket, and I had a, a daggum uh, little Debbie Swiss roll in there with one of them little tiny Coca Colas. I ran, I ran back down there that Coke, and I told him, I said, "Here, buddy, put this to your lips. That little tiny Coca Cola, you know, it was a little, it was cold." And I said, "Put this on your lips and see what that feels like." He got a sip of that Coca Cola and he started sitting up. He started coming through. I said, "Here, eat this cake," because in in the Mine Health and Safety Administration test, in your coal mine test, they tell you you go through health classes and everything. They were like. How many men in here have had a heart attack? Well, of course, nobody wants to put their hand up, you know. And it, and it would say, how many men in here think they had a heart attack? Of course, I put my hand up. I think I had one, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he said, that's, he said, that's why men die, because they ignore the signs of, of a heart attack. And uh, But anyway, they tell you all these cool little things in your health class. Uh, and But they said one of the important things to know is you can always give a diabetic sugar. Uh, regardless of their situation, you can always give them sugar, bring them back to life. Uh, even though it's a sugar imbalance thing, but you can always give, even though their sugar's high, sky high, you can give them sugar. Um, it's just not insulin, you know. So I gave him that sugar, that sugar cake, and that, that Coca Cola, and he's coming back to life. And uh, he's like, "Oh, I said, how's he? He's sipping on that Coke." And all I was thinking. After he came back to life, was please put that so much down so I can have a shot of it because <laughs> I was like in shock, man. And then I didn't have nothing. I gave him all my shit. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I gave that old man all my stuff to save his life. And then they took him off and he he set that can down. And I swear to God, y'all, I, even after that old man drank it, because I, I was thirsty then, all of a sudden, there ain't nothing to drink down there. 
I picked that can up and I shook it and there wasn't a drop in that bastard. That old man had sucked down every bit of my Coca-Cola. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Paul goes down yeah, to the mine with Swiss rolls and Coca-Colas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a sugar thing. You get to oh, go with your thing. Oh, I know it. all about it. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, you just gotta take the minimum stuff just to keep you alive till you get you the hell out of tourniquets? there. Me and Bobby were actually talking about tourniquets today over text. Do you carry tourniquets? Tourniquets? Why would I carry a tourniquet? Just in case something bleeding. If, I don't happens. know. What if you're down way down yonder and something happens? You got a puncture. You got a nice leak in your arm or something. Well, well, again, here we we go back to to your uh, mind health and, and safety administration. You you in order to get your mind card, you have to go through all kind of rigorous training and classrooms and tests and all this kind of shit. So. And basically, it's just basic first aid stuff. But, um, yeah, that's why it's important to work safe. You're on your own. You're on your own, dude. If you get your leg or finger caught in a piece of machinery, it's your dumbass fault. Don't do that shit. Because there ain't <laughs> no help coming. You know what I'm saying? You have to be self-reliant. You have to make sure. Because, and dude, it, it is sad. Because if, if you see your boy falls out just for no reason. You have to be cautious. You can't just run up there and drag your buddy out because there could be gas. So now one guy's down. You go up there to try to help him, and boom, you just fall out. Just one breath of methane, dude. You're done. I mean, you're done. It just kills you, like, instantly. And um, so there's a lot of things you got to know. That's why you got to constantly be checking your, for gas. You got to mind your, your safety shit. Because that's how we survive in a coal mine is you got to be safe. And it's drilled in your head. And like I said, they pay you. It's important to pay people to be safe. Because one man gets killed, dude, it shuts shit down. And and when they start an investigation, because I've, I've been there and there's been a couple men killed at the same mine where I was at. And one old boy waiting on his retirement because they just run, run the engines, uh, the tow motors, the tow like materials up and down the tracks and all this kind of shit. And it runs on DC. <clears throat> I have one, one old boy, uh, something happened where the train, where, where his, his man trip or the engine he was uh, driving had slipped off of the track. Well, it slipped off just enough. And he didn't get hurt, but it slipped off the track. He calls the top and said, my, I'm off the track down here. Cause we're, they, they, they kind of know they, they could see, uh, from their little screens up there, they monitor a lot of shit down there. There's no cameras, but there's sensors and things like that will tell you that the the, 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 the tow motor is not moving or whatever. And he got called radios at the top. It says, uh, my motor is, uh, it slipped off the track. So it's like, all right, we'll get somebody down there. Well, instead of going over there and sitting his ass down and eating his Swiss rolls, he decides he's going to look up under there and see what the problem was. Well, when he did, he was down looking up under the machine and the damn thing slipped on him and squished him. Well, that was his last day right there. So just not being mindful of your surroundings and just forgetting where you're at because it's easy to do, especially if you've been there a long time. And that's why they drill it into your head. You've got to be safe. A, a, a safe company is a profitable company. 
A safe company is a profitable company. A safe company is probably that's that's your pledge, man. You can't cause your company to lose any money because you got hurt. That's very important. Very important. Because that's part of it. I mean, what the hell are we doing it for if we're if we're gonna be out dead or or uh or broke up because of something that we did foolish or just wasn't and they'll tell you too, dude, if it takes you Four more hours to do this job and do it safe. That's what we want you to do. We don't mind paying Absolutely. you. We don't. We do not mind paying you. So sit there and look. Gotta do it right. Eric, sure. Erica says you guys have bleed stop in the truck. Bleed stop and bleed work, stop every work truck and a glove box separate from a med kit because you have about three. I I rolled up on a floor guy that was leaking one time from his leg and I think the tourniquet saved him. And I was carrying that tourniquet for years before I got to use it, but now I just I have like tourniquets everywhere just in case. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I know the dude that was working on cabinets on a job, and he, the goofy bastard, took uh, uh took took a skill saw blade, one of them little four inch cordless skill saw blades, you know, like the little the little uh, circular saw blade, and he put it on his grinder. It was sitting there in a pair of shorts and top siders, cutting trim. On a cabinet, and the damn thing caught, and it cut his leg on the inside. He drops it. It was he had it locked wide open. It bounced around and cut his legs all two pieces. And then finally, he was able to pull the cord out, and it chopped him up bad. And then, of course. It, uh, he was out. He was done. You know, he got him in the ambulance. Thankfully, he didn't bleed out, but uh, he was about to bleed out. But there would be no tourniquet for that dude right there. Uh, it was just he was he was minced up with that stupid when that saw went bouncing around all over the place. But again, it was because he was doing something that was. <laughs> It's just not. Don't do that shit. Don't rig something <laughs> up to try to. They make shit for that. You know what I mean? Don't try to build your own tools and because that shit's dangerous. You can't uh, put a grinder on something two thousand RPM on a little little blade with no guard on it. And I know another guy that was wired back the thing. He was cutting dial rod like the the wooden dials, the little wooden uh, rods to make a a wire rack. And he had it holding down, but it, it kept hanging up on the guard, so he wired the guard back. Well, of course, it pinched the blade, and it jumped up, and bam, it chopped his little finger off. And uh, he didn't come out with it squirting, and his finger was missing and all that shit. And, and uh, we had to go find it. He's like, everybody, start searching for the finger, because they took him on the ambulance. They said, if we find the finger, we find Dude, this finger, I didn't find it, but some other cat, I got it. It, there was a trash can lid. You know when them old Rubbermaid trash can? It was leaning. The, the trash can was sitting over here. The, the trash can lid was leaning up against the wall. Well, that finger hit it. We couldn't find it. And it flipped the lid around. Dude, just moved the lid to see if it was back there. And it was stuck to the inside of that trash can lid. And then they went to the ice cream store next door. And they got some ice. And they put it in a cup. Took it down there. And they still couldn't put it back on. <laughs> so they're putting his toe on there. Some bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, but it's because he was doing something ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not how you do that, son. Holy shit, so, Paul. So, I mean. This is, Paul, this has been But, great. hey, workman's comp, comp don't give a shit. You know, they, they tell you, uh, you're going to have to pay that man <laughs> to sit at the house now. 
Yeah, for doing something, or, or, you for know, doing something uh, a little bit crazy. Yeah, and then your then your work must comp your company's work must comp shit goes up. Their insurance because now you can't pay nobody a raise because some jackass fell through the porch when he wasn't supposed to be out there on the cell phone. What you about I mean? uh, what about Big Rob got, getting in a fight with the sawzall? Oh yeah, the legendary shit. But we we used to be so wild, man, with shit, and uh, never never. Never heard of safety shit until uh, somebody started paying me, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's just Dude, it endless, hurt. But hell, I got to talk my dog. My dog, my dog chewed me up. See, uh, I don't know if y'all can see it. Pick it up on the thing, but see, my arms tore up. I got dog bites on me. I, hell, I was back at work. I was like, shit, man, it's my fault, you know. I, uh, it tore my arm up. I, I didn't know. I just wrapped the shit, put some peroxide on it, wrapped it, went back to work, you know. But uh, yeah, that was my thing. Unless it's unless it's gushing blood, get your ass back to work. Cause uh, we ain't go- we ain't going to the uh, uh, we ain't going to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? Unless something don't take me to the hospital, I'm not going there. No, uh, last resort. I'm trying trying my best not to go there. All right, we got to wrap this up, Paul. You want to give some uh, you want to uh, give something motivational for everybody before we go. Yeah, never stop, never quit, never, you know, just put yourself out there. I'm telling y'all, you get some self-worth, get some pride. That's what a lot of our young people, they ain't got pride in what they do because they don't do nothing. But don't be scared to get out there and uh, and start a new career and, and start doing something because uh, there's plenty of people out there. We need you. And, and you know, uh, like myself, you know, I've been through a lot of apprentices myself and, uh and we've had nothing but good times, and, uh, and don't bully people, and don't put up with being bullied, uh, because that shit don't work. We need to be nice to each other, and every time, you know. Thank you. I thank you. Thank everybody around you for what they do. Even the girl that bags your groceries. Tell that old girl, thank you for everything you do. Always just live like that. Thank each other because that's what we miss. Uh, say some kind words to people. And that's that's what that's what we need to do. My God, this whole mean and hateful shit don't don't wash. You're a legend. You're gonna have to come back. We're gonna have to hey. keep having you back. I think I feel like you have hundreds yeah, of more we got, stories. Yeah, we got plenty more, man. Uh, I can tell. Yeah, cause I love uh, you know, like like I said, the the whole fire suppression thing, dude. It, it's just uh, even even plumbing, you know, like. Like all that, I started out as a, a young plumber, and uh, live plum uh, before I got into into sprinkler fitting. But I never knew pride; it's a good sense of pride until I knew I was helping save lives. You know, that means something. That's it. All right, everybody, we appreciate you watching. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Please hit the like button. If you want to get a hat or a shirt, uh, they're right here at the website. Click that. Um, That's it. Thank you for watching.